0: Retro Hangover is supported via Patreon by listeners like you. We would especially like to thank patrons Lyle McCarns, Ashton Ruby, Randall Quiggle, Tony G, Katie Quigg, Paul Romalo, Raging Demon, JC, Megan Caruso, Masked Llama, Andrew Liguori, Retro Overdrive, Ozzy Garcia, Keith Gasper, and Mara. Your continued engagement and generous donations are deeply appreciated. Hey everyone, Chris Colpleen from the Retro Hangover Podcast here. And first of all, I would like to thank you for listening to the King of Games 2000. This is a collaborative effort between the Retro Hangover and Region Free Gamers Podcast. New episodes will be released alternate from the main episodes of either podcast. So, if you're listening to this episode on the Retro Hangover Podcast, the next episode will be out next week on the Region Free Gamers. If you're a patron, you'll be getting new episodes early regardless of which show you're a patron of as a way of us saying thank you hope you enjoy the show open
1: your ears and crack some beers you are listening to a very special episode of retro hangover
0: classic gamers, welcome to another episode, the second round of the King of Games 2000. I am your co-host, Chris Coplain, and I am with, as always, Shane, Counter-Dick-Dragon-Striker-Koski. How are you doing, Shane?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I'm not sure how I feel about that particular Dick Dragon moniker, but you did it off the cuff, and so I'll let that
0: one slide. Okay. I, I, I thought what it would apply, I think, in this competition today. Is that, I couldn't think of another one. <laughs> 360 <sighs> no Dick Dragon No Scope. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> no Dick Dragon Scope. Got it. Yes. I'll remember that. No Dick exactly. Dragon. All right. And joining us from the Netherlands, I'm not going to do a cheesy intro like I will do in the in the future. We have joining us... From the Region Free Gamers podcast, it is Jeff Ivets.
2: <laughs> What's going on, Jeff? Hey, um, not, not much. I'm actually, you know, sat here ready to go for this for this amazing matchup. Um, what a series so far! Actually, really honoured, privileged to be here with you two boys as well. So, thank you very much for uh, allowing me onto your onto your platform. <laughs>
1: Hey, listen, the way we look at it is if anybody actually wants to be on our show, it is it is our privilege. So so we we appreciate you being here. And yeah, this competition has been bananas so far. There has been heartbreak, there has been joy, it's uh it's been a roller coaster. My my boy was massacred. I'm still salty about that. <laughs> I've got
2: a lot of salt over here too. Yeah. You know?
1: It hasn't been massacred yet, just in well, real time. It hasn't been, but it has been to me. The folks at home don't know that, but I do.
0: (laughs) Which means you just got to stay tuned because this is foreshadowing at its best or worst. One of the two. But that just means stick around and you'll hear more. But before we get into this, let me just update you about this tournament as it stands. This is the King of Games 2000. This is the second round. So what we did is we took 16 games from the year 2000 out of a bigger list of games. We all ranked them and put them at our best 1 through 16. And then we, you know, talk about them and decide which one can advance and which one needs to, you know, hit the showers. Today's competition is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 versus Counter-Strike. And uh, they they both advanced, of course, obviously, being in the second round. And we are going to be evaluating them on four criteria. Critical and commercial reception, uh, our own personal attachment, what uh, legacy and zero-defining aspects that they have towards themselves in the game industry, and what game would we rather play head-to-head today. But again, before we get into this, this is a uh, series we are doing in collaboration with Region Free Gamers. If you're listening to this now for free, thank you very much. We do appreciate it. But if you're a patron for either us or RFG at the lowest possible tier, I mean, all patrons get access to this, you could have been hearing this probably a few months ago. But again, we do appreciate you listening today, but if you are interested, go ahead and go to Patreon and check out either one of these fine podcasts account and uh, throw us throw us a few shekels if you would. But you don't have to. We're just saying the option is there if you appreciate what we're doing. Mm. Speaking of Region Free Gamers, Jeff, how about you give a brief plug for your podcast?
2: Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Um, Region Free Gamers, uh, we've been going at it now for, I think this is our second tournament. Uh, we did a King of Games 98, which was an incredible journey. A lot of heart, heartbreaking in there. And uh, it's been great to uh, to to do a 2000 now with uh, with you guys as well. And, uh, you know, from, from our side, we really appreciate everybody who's been giving us their support. Um, potentially uh, anyone who's been sharing, sharing some love or some hate with regards to our choices. Because I'm sure if you've listened to any of the previous rounds so far, I'm sure we probably made some enemies out there. So if you're still listening, thanks very much uh i'm sure i'm sure we appreciate it uh, across the board so yeah
0: not only out there are we making enemies we're still making enemies and we're making enemies within too this is it's <laughs> going it's to say quite far there
1: have been internal chat death threats already <laughs>
2: yeah <so. laughs> yeah
0: yeah uh all the way around too <laughs> like, mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. everyone's been angry at something <laughs> All right, so I think that's enough chatter for uh, this intro. Um, I think we're moving along quite smoothly, so let's get right into the tournament, which today is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 versus Counter-Strike. Our first game that we're going to get into is going to be Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, and that was released on September 20th, 2000, with a Metacritic rating of 98 again this is the second highest score ever yeah we're just repeating this in case you this is the first episode you get i understand a lot of you heard this in the pre- previous episodes but just a quick recap okay I also don't
1: know why you would be jumping in at this particular tier in a tournament but you know you you, you, you
0: crazy person maybe they skipped an episode we don't know of course tons of tons of critics said this was a hundred. Uh, the lowest scores I could find, for at least for the PS1 version, were at 90. Uh, this game also came out on the Dreamcast PC and the N64 in 2001. The Dreamcast version also scored very high. It was uh, about as high as the PS1 version. The user scores for both these games are pretty low at 7.4 and 6.2. In terms of sales, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 sold $5.3 million across all consoles, which includes the GBA version. Uh, in terms of critical awards, it got Video Game of the Year. Uh, from EGM bought Best Alt Sports game from GameSpot and also runner up for essentially every other game of the year that it was released on from the same publication GameSpot and if you couldn't tell yeah this game is a skating game it's been re-released on modern consoles less than I think about 6 months ago or so mm-hmm. so it's it's still around it's still hanging out people are still aware of what this game is but Jeff how about you talk to us about what this game was for you in the year 2000
2: this game was a major uh, foot in the door when it came to extreme sports in my in my in my bedroom. I am, you know, so risk-averse I couldn't imagine jumping on a BMX on a half pipe or rollerblading down the street. You know, I was a very typical football or soccer loving kid. Um would never dream of jumping out of a plane or 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 out of a very high bridge over a gorge and all that sort of stuff. I'm you know well and truly love my feet planted on the ground so uh being able to play skateboarding uh and do all the tricks and stuff it was a really cool way of uh of doing something i knew deep down i'd never have the courage to do um and yeah you know i played the first game a little bit but th- this one it got so much hype it was unreal um i remember I, I picked up the dreamcast copy um i mean they were all much of the same at the end of the day they were all I mean, looking, looking at the scores, right. They all performed really well. Uh, yeah. And I was just happy to be able to feel like I was cool enough to be like Tony Hawk. So it was, uh, you know, it was a great way of a great entry point into a sport that I just, it was a passing interest of mine.
0: Now, did you mostly play with created skaters or with one of the previously generated ones?
2: Yeah, I think I usually because I I play quite a few of them. I usually start off with with Tony just to get my kind of get my feelers and make sure that I kind of get on with it. And then as soon as I've done the first couple of stages, I immediately go on to create a skater and uh, uh, just uh, try and do the best impression I can of of myself on a in uh, in thirty two or sixty or one hundred and
0: twenty eight bit even. I. I- I will say I just recently played this game again. uh, I played it in preparation for the last episode, but I didn't realize I had a copy of sorts for my Dreamcast. Mm. Uh, I'll say that of sorts. And so I loaded it up and I was able to play a little bit on my Dreamcast. And I will say, yeah, the create a skater mode is is pretty bare bones, but it's not like you're exactly looking at your skater the entire time. That's not really the point of it, I guess. The point of it is just create a skater and, go out and have some fun i will say i'm still terrible at the game because i didn't realize you had to press a button in order to grind uh so i kept on trying to jump on like uh like all these all these rails and stuff and i couldn't figure out for the life of me why i couldn't like i'm supposed to be able to do this right (laughs) and i just like oh this, this is stupid so i put it down and realized no i was wrong so I'm happy I did play it uh, in preparation. I looked up the controls, uh, so I don't want to like shit all over it, uh, just because I don't know how to play it. So yeah, it got it got better once I actually started learning more of the mechanics and just how intuitive and how easy it was to play. Mm-hmm. Shane, do you have anything to expound upon from last time?
1: Um, no, not really. I mean, I guess a quick recap for folks who didn't uh, listen to the the previous. Uh, matchup that this was in. Uh, I personally never owned a copy of this game, but I, I I basically supported my local blockbuster by renting it probably more times than I can count uh, for my N64 <laughs> to the point where I probably should have just bought it. If I'm being honest in retrospect. Um, but hey, thanks mom and dad for spending all that money. But uh, <laughs> honestly, I'll even take the uh, more extreme like viewpoint on this one than jeff which is that i did not give a single shit about skateboarding uh and this is coming from somebody who wore skate shoes all the time so i guess i was a poser but um i i loved playing this um it's super easy to pick up it's always a good time and this is one of those games that is in this competition that is just like peak year 2000, right? It's like extreme sports with a soundtrack that has nothing but like pop punk and ska and like, you know, metal in it. And, um, and it was a lot of fun. And I will say that even though it has a pretty robust single player campaign, I, I personally always thought that this was one of those titles that was, uh, much more enjoyable when you had at least one or two other friends sitting around, even if you weren't all playing, um, just, having someone there to watch you pull off your your sick kick flips um, was always uh, was always a bonus. So <laughs> that was kind of my
0: experience in a nutshell. So what are the things that we talked about in the last episode that I kind of want to get into you, Jeff? Because last time, you know, it was, it was me, Shane, and, and Arnie, you mm-hmm. know, three three people from the United States. I understand Arnie is uh, from Puerto Rico, and I know it's a little bit different, but still the United States. You being over there in the the pal territory um you yeah. know, europe itself um how 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 similar or different was it you know did tony hawk's pro skater have a major impact on skating culture just people skating at least in you know your age bracket
2: i mean i can only go by uh the kids i was hanging around and like i said i was just, i was a soccer kid and so were all my mates uh, there were, I remember at school, there were a few kids who were like trying to form their own band. They were inspired by Green Day and Offspring and all of that. And they were, I'm going to do some air quotes here. They were skateboarding, but it's literally just pushing themselves down a the street. You know, they weren't doing kick flips and heel flips and, or on ollies and things like that. They were just getting from A to B as slowly as possible. You know, you could probably walk faster than, than they could once they uh, got themselves uh, going um, so in terms of like my little local bubble, no, it didn't. It didn't have any impact. There wasn't a skate park or anything like that. They kind of came out from it. Um, living in London, um, I knew that there were skate parks. Uh, one, especially in the south of no, just south of the river. So. Going to get very technical here, but on the River Thames, there's, there was a, a skate park under under a bridge kind of thing, and then one just in West London. I remember there being another like under the bridge kind of skate park. So those were those were around, but it wasn't really something I was fully fully aware of. It's only years later that I I know my nephew now does. Uh, he used to anyway do the scooter, uh, those little push scooters on the, in the skate park. So I know they're around. How much this game play, played an impact? Uh, it's really hard to tell, but you know i do know that tony hawk is really well known in my age group over here um, x games were really big on tv in that you know era in the summer especially we you know when tony hawk pulled off 900 we we heard, you know it was big big news in a way over here as well so it 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 had its following but i didn't notice like an explosion if if you know what i mean
0: all right so the next game Tony Hawk Pro Skaters 2 competition for this episode is going to be Counter Strike version 1.6, the first official retail version of Counter Strike, which was a mod for the original Half Life. Essentially, it's the Call of Duty uh, upgrade downgrade, however you want to view it, uh, where it's just all multiplayer, and it was officially released on November 8th, 2000. Now, Shane, this game has kind of was kind of been around since 1999 or something like that, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, in, in mod form. Yeah. Right. So it had been around for a while by the time it came to retail it has a meta score of 88. Uh, the user score is higher than the meta score. It's like 9.2. So people who play this game, love this game. Uh, one publication gave it a 100 called <laughs> game revolution. Never heard of them. Uh, the lowest scores, according to Metacritic, there's two of them with a score of 80, and I think I think one of them, I don't remember which two, but one of them was pretty obscure. Uh, it was also released for the Xbox in 2003, which is interesting. That means that there, it is capable of having a single-player campaign, I would hope. Uh, sales, uh, 1.5 million by December of 2003 for the PC. That doesn't include the Xbox. But um, I'm sure that there's more than that, just considering people still play this game. And in 2000, it was called the Best Multiplayer Game by GameSpot, and it got the Reader's Choice Award for Best Action Game by GameSpot. So uh, readers did give this game its acclaim for just action game, which I think is interesting because there's quite a few good action games released in 2000. If you haven't already looked at this list, and that doesn't include the games that aren't on it. Once again, we'll start with Jeff because Shane's had an opportunity to kind of talk about his, his past with this. Uh, so me and Jeff will kick it off here and I'll let Jeff start. What What's Counter-Strike for you, Jeff?
2: It's probably the most PC of PC gaming to ever be PC'd on a PC. Um, <laughs> do you know, it's It's probably the most, like for me, it's got the, I think we're going to probably talk about this a bit, but it's got just such a gigantic barrier of entry. I really struggled with it when I played it. Uh, all those many years ago when I had it as a mod uh, from Half-Life, which I really loved, it just people got too good too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and people who love it, they love it. And that, you know, that that devotion to the game makes it an intimidating experience to to get to. So I that's my, like, overriding memory of Half-Life was intimidation and just you turn one corner and you're dead. And you're like, oh, great, that was a fun 15 seconds of my of my life and then it happens five times in your own you're like right okay maybe not quite the not quite the game for me um but man like i completely i've had to do you know i've had to put my bias to one side for this one and really go deep into trying to understand why people love it so much so i i really get the like the enormity that this game had at the time um, and it still kind of has you know I think it's a bit like uh, Diablo 2 you talk to people who love that game and they will they're almost lying on the floor having an orgasm um it's the same it's the I, same with I don't this know one what that's like <clears throat>
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it is a it's just an intriguing game that that people either it's like this well over here we're gonna I'm gonna use a, f- a phrase that we have it's, it's like marmite and marmite is a very it depends on if it it's, the phrase is you either love it or hate it Um, it's like a spread it's nasty absolutely nasty (laughs) it's a spread for all sorts of things but that's that's what this game is i think you either love it or poof it's it's your it's your you know it's hell
0: (laughs) you know what the funny thing is is like you've you played it and when you (laughs) say it's the most pc of pc games i would tend to agree because i didn't even hear about this game other than CSGO, and that was more in passing. I, I thought Counter-Strike was more like a gambling outlet for video game players on Twitch. Because all I knew about it was recently and all I heard was CSGO. In fact, when it when it got brought up and Shane was talking about Counter-Strike and how good it was, I honestly thought they were talking about whatever game came in the orange box, which is what, Team Fortress? Yeah. 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 I thought it was that one because I remember that game being somewhat of, of a phenomenon. I remember that game being underneath the Valve umbrella, I didn't even know what Counter-Strike even really was. So now, now I see it, I'm like, okay, it's it's your typical multiplayer kind of shooter, But it, and there were a lot at the time, so I, I don't know what the big deal really was about it. Um, I know Shane's probably rolling his eyes hard at me right now through the screen, and I, I probably deserve that, but I never heard about it. I think at the time I, I even was playing games like Red Faction, uh, in order to get my multiplayer fix. I don't know why that was the game I settled on or why the game I heard about. I think it was just because of the destructible environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That that was probably why. It was big. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I I just never, I I think another reason I never got into Counter-Strike is I never had heard of Half-Life. And it wasn't like I wasn't playing games online at the time. Ooh. I was playing StarCraft. What? That's an What? That's crazy. What do you mean, what? Who
1: are you? <laughs> A console gamer, Jesus! I've never heard of
0: Half Life. My God, <laughs> no! I now, I mean, I've heard of Half Life, but not at that time. Like I've but definitely heard of Half Life. You didn't since. even
2: see it in the in the stores, or you know, just no. on, just in 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 mags or anything like that.
0: No, wow, like never. I, I just it completely passed me by. I just never had heard of it. So, not knowing about Half Life, I probably would not hear of you know, Counter, Counter-Strike. Counter Like, I was, I never got any PC mags, and even, like, the PC game section of, like, EGM, which was uh, a magazine I read as, as well as Game Informer, I would just kind of skip over the PC gaming section because none of the PCs I had were really gaming rigs. They couldn't right. play 3D games. So I just didn't pay attention to it. It's like, oh, here's a really good-looking PC game. I'm like, oh, I can get fucked. I'm never going to be able to play it. <laughs> so unless it was, like, Diablo or... Uh, a Blizzard Doom. game, or no? I didn't even play Doom. I played that at a friend's house. Uh, right. so I that's where I played that. They had a better PC gaming rigs. So I mean, when it came to gaming on PC, it was Super Nintendo emulators and Blizzard <laughs> yeah. games. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't first person shooters. I don't even know how I played Red Faction. I know it was free, but I I don't know how I played it. I think uh one of my friends gave it to me on a zip drive or some shit. But um yeah, didn't play it. How about you, Shane? Do you have anything to expound on, or just kind of recap?
1: Uh, fucking yeah. Apparently, I do because I'm the <laughs> only one that's going to be defending this game. I can already see that. Well,
2: I don't. I mean, I. Oh, it's right. not about. I. I just want to make sure you know I'm a very impartial kind of guy. It's not about <laughs> defending things. Uh, I voted for. I voted against my favorite <laughs> games already because it's about. It's about the right decision. Shane, it's the right decision. So don't, you don't need to defend it. You just, it's just putting up a case.
0: Maybe Shane is saying he knows what the right decision is.
1: No, no, I'm not claiming to know what the right decision is. And, And for the record, Dad, I know that what we're trying to do here, what I'm saying though, honestly, is. I, I want to make sure that both games, regardless of the matchup, they get at least a fair shake. And so absolutely. maybe defend was not the correct term, but <laughs> I want to at least give it its due, which for the record, I am actually surprised that Counter-Strike even made it this far. It's in this matchup specifically, I will just go ahead and say that it is absolutely the dark horse candidate. And so it is what it is. But having said that, Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm reacting in such a manner, but the the reality is, is if you weren't really into the PC gaming scene at all at that time, then I, I wouldn't be surprised if you hadn't really heard of counter-strike half-life was a little bit more ubiquitous. That one's weird, but, but counter-strike specifically that one I can give a pass on, um, same thing with a lot of the other more popular Half-Life mods at the time, like Day of Defeat, for example, which was fantastic World War II multiplayer. But um, but yeah, so I mean, Counter-Strike for me, at least in my personal experience, contrary to what it might sound like, I was actually not a big Counter-Strike player. I never have been. I never will be. Uh, but it was one of those games that I, I attempted to get into. And I think the conversation that we had last time with Arnie uh, about this, him and I kind of were in agreement in that we both kind of tend to shy away from competitive multiplayer games because we don't we're like we we don't want to let everybody know that we're terrible at it, <laughs> and so rather than getting shamed by a bunch of people who have been playing it for like twelve hours a day for the last couple years or whatever. We just don't play it because, you know, I think Jeff's right. There's a huge barrier of entry, especially for Counter-Strike because it is very no frills. It's just jump in, you better know what the fuck you're doing, figure out this menu to buy things, which is not intuitive at all, and then hope you don't get headshot from somebody halfway across the map. That's that's really what it is. Um, it does not hold your hand and it certainly didn't back then either but I tried. I tried to get into it, and um, as I as I related in the in the last uh, episode that we talked about Counter Strike, this game uh, has the honor of being the only game to make me very nearly throw a gaming laptop out of like I think it was a fourth story window or something. Sweet. Uh, the point point being is that it was very high up, and <laughs> I was so I was so incensed at just constantly getting murked uh, and making no progress that I, I almost threw my computer out a window. Um, it's the only time that's happened. But uh, yeah, so having said all of that, though, there, there is a lot, and we'll get into this when we start talking about the categories, but th- there is a lot to be said for Counter-Strike and what it is and I think what it's done for uh, you know, gaming as a whole.
2: No, the only thing I'd really add is is that we've got two very different games here. Um,
0: oh, absolutely!
2: It's it's king of king of consoles versus king of PC, possibly from that year. Two games that that you know are absolutely adored and loved. Two games that still exist today, or the series that still exists. It's uh, you know, it's a it's a bit of a Titanic matchup, really. I think I, I do agree with Shane. There is a dark, a bit of a dark horse on this, but in terms of how well they are known within gaming circles these are i think these are two pretty big titans
0: absolutely oh yeah and you know people just remember that counter strike did knock out pokemon and i don't think any of us saw that <laughs> so don't don't you're welcome quite Arty. yeah don't <laughs> quite count out counter strike quite yet i think i was very redundant in that statement but what is not redundant are our criteria which we will get to after a short break So do what you need to do and we will be right back. Welcome back. So, once again, we are talking about Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 and Counter-Strike. I'll probably just call Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Tony Hawk from now on. So, if I'm not saying 2 every time, I don't care. It's just 2 for brevity. We'll we'll do that. And Counter-Strike 1.6. Of course, we've been calling it Counter-Strike anyway. So, haha, there you are. (laughs) Alright, so, once again, we go over four criteria When discussing these games and we award criteria to each game based on our own personal votes, those four criteria are critical and commercial reception, our own personal attachments, what that game has in terms of legacy and genre defining aspects and which game we'd play head to head. Now, of course, we're going to rank all these. This is this is kind of the foundation for our discussion, because no matter who or what wins these categories, it really comes down to what we personally think should advance. So one game could win all four of these categories and get sent packing. So we're gonna go to our first category here, which is going to be critical and commercial reception. So Shane, you haven't kicked it off for us yet. How about you go hmm. ahead and break down your selection for this criteria?
1: Sure. Um, so I think as Jeff mentioned prior to the break, you know, d- despite the the differences between these two games, I think in their own particular spheres, they were, definitely, you know, titans in their own right. And that's, that is really reflected by, you know, the scores that they, that they both received. Now, um, it, it is hard to argue against something like Tony Hawk's average Metacritic score of a 98, which as you pointed out, is the second highest ever in the history of Metacritic. Um, interestingly though, The difference between those two is that you have the second highest average Metacritic score of all time for a game, and then you have a user score of like a a 7.5-ish, which is a a weird sort of dissonance, I think, between those two. Not to say that a 7.4 or whatever is bad, because on a scale of 10, it isn't, despite what game journalists would have you believe. Um, And then you kind of take a look at Counter-Strike, and... Its meta score is around a uh, you know a, a more a more humble eighty eight, but then in a complete you know inverse of of uh, of uh, yeah Counter Strike of Tony Hawk, you have a user score of nine point two, which is crazy high um, and much higher than the average critic score, and it's one has to wonder how something like that occurs. And if I had to take a stab at it, I would, I would guess I would venture a guess to say that that is just a very vocal, perhaps minority of counter-strike 1.6 players. Because if you're not involved in that scene at all, it's really hard to express just how dedicated the 1.6 community is. Um, You know, Chris, you mentioned CSGO and that was one of those deals where it it was much like um, the Starcraft Brood War versus Starcraft 2 thing for, you know, um, South Korea where 2 came out and the majority of pro players over there, you know, pretty quickly were like, "Mm, nope, fuck that. We're going back to Brood War. And it was very much the same thing with CSGO um, or even CS Source, I believe, versus 1.6, where there is a very, very vocal group of folks who believe that CS 1.6 is peak Counter-Strike and nothing before or since can top it. So I think that's where that 9.2 comes from. But for me, comparing the two, I, I I have to, and I think I did this in the last Tony Hawk episode too, comparatively, like I, I have to go with Tony Hawk. I mean, the critical reception is there the the user score though not as high as Counter Strike it's still definitely there the fact that it got multiple perfect scores with like a low threshold of like nineties um, that you know that's that's hard to contend with
0: uh, absolutely
1: how about you Jeff
0: what's your thoughts
2: is Tony Hawk really a perfect game I, I really struggle with these crazy high scores <laughs> for Tony Hawk. I mean, I, I loved it. I really did. But is it? I mean, it's it's got a really, really nice learning curve. Um, I mean, I, just, just playing the remake uh, only the other month, I was able to get chains again up to 300k and things like that. So, you know, I kind of got back into my groove with it. Um, it's not the hardest of games. Um, some tight design levels. Some of them really painful and and annoying to 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 get all the letters or all the cash or do all the stunts and what have you so definitely some things that I feel like that it could have done better which they kept trying to do because I mean how many sequels came out at least another five or six games which include underground and and all of that so then you know you've got that so that's where I feel like the user score for Tony Hawk is probably is quite low I guess but it's Maybe a slightly fairer, because uh, I would imagine you've probably got tens of thousands of users who have scored it, rather than, um, well, knowing metacritic I think tens of thousands is, is very, very high. But for Counter-Strike, maybe it's a, a smaller user base, like Shane saying, very de- very dedicated gamers. So, you know, that's where I, I try and balance off Tony Hawk, where the, the journalists who back in the day used to actually play the games before they rated them, uh, yeah. actually liked it um but the users would have gone you know what is it really perfect no it's fun but there we go um saying that counter-strike i think like i said marmite isn't it uh, it's love or hate um and uh it seems like uh the the people who love it came out and were able to some, give it some love over on the over in the in the uh at least on the user score but when you look at the the awards you can't look. Past that, I mean, I'm sure uh, NeverSoft and Activision, someone somewhere has still got those awards, those those placards and those whatever they whatever shape they held. Someone's got them on a shelf somewhere because Tony Hawk was was huge, and it was good. um So I am going to go for this one. I think Tony Hawk does does it doesn't pip it to the post. It really does sl- have a slam home kind of win on this one.
0: I think I might go in a different direction, and just for for shits and giggles, I'm going to say Counter-Strike, and the reason being is is I, I do look at the the Metacritic score, and yes, the, the critical reception for Tony Hawk is is bonkers. Uh, you know, 98 for the PlayStation 1 version, second highest ever, the Dreamcast got a 97. And when I look at the user score, I, I also look at the GameFAQs uh, score just to get mm-hmm. a different perspective. And the GameFAQ's user score for Tony Hawk on the PS1 is like a 4.06, even though the user score is 7.4. So when you have a user score like that, it could be a couple things. It's just, you know, review bombing because that's what the internet does. Or it could be that a lot of people came back to it later. It's not like Tony Hawk has exactly aged great uh, gracefully. It's 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 kind of a tough game to go back to. You know, when I was playing it earlier this week, there's there's some control factors in there that are are just they're old it's kind of like it's it's not as as noticeable as what i said like the jet grind radio or jet set radio episode where you know a lot of the mechanics are just so tied to the year 2000 that it's it's difficult to play it's still an easy game to play don't get me wrong but there are some aspects about it that say that scream 2000 whereas counter-strike it's it's a pc game you know it's um you know it's mouse and keyboard and It's still mouse and keyboard. Nothing's changed. So I can see why like the user base is still dedicated to it. It's they're much more fervent. The other thing I'm looking at, too, for the commercial uh, reception, you know, portion of it is as big as Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 was to sell 5.3 million units that year. And it was on everything that includes the PS1 Dreamcast PC n 64 and GBA. That's really not a lot. That's, for, for a cultural phenomenon, you think more copies would have been sold, especially when you look at some of the other games in this list. Counter-Strike, uh, the 1.6 version, and, and Shane, you're probably more savvy on this than I am, selling 1.5 million units as a mod, so you already know a lot of people already had that installed Uh, So in terms of commercial reception for a single platform, and they were both on the PC, I understand, you know, PC gaming, console gaming, console games on PC doesn't doesn't really sell that well. It seems like the audience that bought up the game on PC for Counter-Strike was much more receptive, you know, even compared to its console counterparts. I think if you were a PC gamer, that Counter-Strike was inescapable, and that really lends itself to the commercial reception aspect of it. So I I know it's going to sound incredulous, but... For for this for this criteria and just because Tony Hawk's Pro Skater has already won anyway, I'm going to say Counter Strike. I'm going to give my vote there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. And, and just a quick point on that too. The thing is, and I could be wrong on this because I was the one that did the the research here, but I believe that one and a half million number for units sold for Counter Strike. I believe that is only retail box copies. Um, yes. So that does uh. not count the number of people who installed the mod or perhaps you know got it. In a different fashion.
2: Yeah, the, so. like the actual user base is would have been much higher. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and people are still playing that game, the, the same version of that game today. I mean, people are buying Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2, but it's a remake. And if that game wasn't remade, people still wouldn't be buying and playing that game. So that that's another reason.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I mean, hell,
0: Counter-Strike was one of the biggest reasons why Steam even exists. Personal Attachments. All right, Jeff. I'll let you kick this one off. Which one are you more personally attached to?
2: I think it's already quite clear, right? So Tony Hawk is where I had the the, the attachment at, at the time. Um, I, I had a few consoles that could play it, so it wasn't as if I was short of uh, of platforms to uh, to have the experience. Um, when it came to Counter Strike, like I said, it was it was a uh, like one one session, probably of quite a few matches, where I just got. I got owned instantly, and it's like a people teabagging me, and I'm like, right, this potentially isn't <laughs> how I want to enjoy my my time gaming. I mean, I, I absolutely, oh, I really enjoyed Team Fortress, the, the not the second one, obviously, the the first one, the from the first uh, Half Life. I really enjoyed that because it felt like you could be useful as a teammate. And to your point, Shane, about why why people do and don't well one of the many reasons why people don't like playing multiple or multiplayer online is is they don't want to be seen as as not good enough uh, mm-hmm. my my big reason is because i don't want to let people down and when i get killed within 20 30 seconds of a match i'm like i'm i'm just dead wood like i'm not helping yeah. anybody um and that's that was my overriding feeling of being like well I'm just going to let people do what they need to do. They seem to be good at it, so go, go, you know, go get them. I'll go back to Team Fortress where I can pick a class and I can have a job in a way. You know, I, I have my role and I can respawn. Uh, I can be not so great, but at least I can still contribute in some meaningful way. Um, so that was, you know, when I kind of then stepped aside from Counter Strike whilst really admiring it in terms of really tight gameplay really simplified gameplay i guess you could say the controls were they were what they were um very much to do with the half-life engine but at least you know what you were getting so you can kind of you know you can take or leave that uh tony hawk on the other hand uh has that uh like i'm saying it has that nice easy learning curve but once you master it you really feel like you're in completely control complete control of the game and that's really enjoyable um I'm a single player kind of guy as well, so Tony Hawk was always where I, I would have naturally have leaned towards. Um, so you know, I think for me, I think it's quite obvious. I'm going to have to go Tony Hawk on the on the personal attachment. There's no way I couldn't. Uh, but I think Counter Strike in Another Life, I'm sure I would have enjoyed it. Or maybe if I had that very different early experience, I would maybe would have enjoyed it more.
0: <laughs> I'll I'll go next and I'll keep it short. It's Tony Hawk. I think it's hard to say I have a personal attachment to a game. I didn't even know the realness of his existence until we started doing this tournament. So I'm not going to pretend and pander (laughs) that I have any (laughs) attachment to Counter-Strike whatsoever. So I'm going to have to say Tony Hawk. Shane, I know it's probably a little bit more split for you.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I also just find it hilarious that you thought Counter-Strike was, like, some sort of gambling game or something. Was that because (laughs) of the whole, like, debacle with, like, the skin-selling thing? Is that why? Yes. Yeah, that's Uh, why. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Uh, So, yeah, it is a little bit more of a split decision for me, mostly because uh, being so kind of immersed in the PC gaming scene around the early aughts as I was – Counter Strike was everywhere, um, and so it—it it, it might not be even like a, an intimate, personal attachment so much as it's just something that was kind of always in the peripheral uh, for me all the time, and so that kind of like constant ubiquity, I think, has you know has there's something to be said for that. Uh, my, my own personal experiences, as I said, not exactly positive. Um, You know, I I never got good at the game ever uh, because I just I didn't put enough time in to even try to get good because I just got destroyed and just like, well, this is this is this is why I don't play these games. I think the the only thing that was even remotely close to Counter-Strike that I got even marginally good at was Unreal Tournament, and that was only because I got particularly good at like, you know, aiming rockets, uh, and that was about it. And I would actually argue that the Unreal Tournament games were more fun anyway, but that's a discussion for a different day. Um, And so for Tony Hawk, though, there's so many aspects of that game that just speak to me or at least spoke to me at that time. Um, Whether it was, you know, the sort of like skate culture that was surrounding it. And again, not that I was a skateboarder at all, but it was hard to not be, at least tangentially related to that in some way, um, back then. And the, the soundtrack being what it is, that was exactly the kind of music I was into at that time. It was a lot of pop punk and ska and that sort of a thing. So that was right up my alley. And, uh, and as Jeff mentioned, you know, just the, the real smooth sort of learning curve that the game has and the the fact that you can just kind of jump in and, Maybe suck for a little bit, but at least feel like you're doing something. Um, and, and for someone who was never going to learn to to skateboard in real life, this was the closest I was going to get to you know being able to pull off sick tricks. Um, <laughs> much in the same way that I played a lot of 1080 on my N64 because there was oh, yeah. no way in hell I was going to get good at snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so I think for me, it, it it's close and there were there could be some reasons why i might lean towards counter strike but ultimately i think i have to give this one to tony hawk
0: all right so tony hawk in a sweep and a lot of those comments you made Shane i think really carry over into our next criteria very well it's really na- nice natural segue you you provided for me thank you
1: yeah i uh, definitely did that on purpose <laughs>
0: <laughs> the legacy genre defining aspects you know what what legacy did this game what game has left a larger legacy which game better defined its genre I'll start this one off, um, and I think this one is actually – this one is – it's – you can make a good case for either game here. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I'm, I'm pretty settled in which one I would pick, uh, but just before I do that, I'm going to kind of go over a lot of things. First of all, with Tony Hawk and what Shane said is that Tony Hawk kind of permeated beyond gaming – uh, and Arnie brought this up in the previous episode. It made MTV stars out of people that previously no one had even heard of. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's necessarily because of the first one or the sequel. It's so hard to tell because this is a sequel. And the first one I think was more of an oversight that people really caught on and it caught fire. And I think that's one of the reason you do see Tony Hawk 2 get a lot of the good critical reception and remembered as finally fondly as people remember it. It was a fantastic follow-up, a fantastic sequel to a game that a, a caught a, a lot of people off guard. And so people started finally understanding that why this game was a big deal. But I look back at that, and yeah, everyone around this time and for years afterwards, like, everyone had those skater shoes, like those Vans or DVSs or whatever. Airwalks, it baby. Everyone was wearing them. Everyone – it became <laughs> – and I don't know if that's – if it's part of the culture. You brought this up with the rest – with, like, No Mercy – was it the right game at the right time? Was it tapping into a culture that would have been there regardless of the game or did the game help promote the culture? And I'm not sure. It's a chicken egg kind of conversation, but I, I don't know if I'm, you know, paying attention to skating as, as much as I am at that period in time. If games like Tony Hawk just weren't everywhere, if it wasn't so popular, which again is weird. If it's only selling 5.3 million units, I understand it's a lot of units, but you know when you compare it to other games in this tournament that sold more that this game is the one that really penetrated the culture and it really did hit off a spark of a lot of extreme sports games which really hadn't been perfected up until that point which kind of petered out around the mid uh, mid nineties i would say and just kind of kind of just disappeared but that's why counter strike has its own case for for legacy and genre defining because games like Counter-Strike are still around to this day. People are still playing Counter-Strike 1.6. People are playing CSGO. People are... Call of Duty, I don't think, would exist in the way that it is today. I think Warzone, uh, whatever that is, Arena Shooters. You know, that was all built here. Uh, uh The competitive scene really took off here. I don't think it's... I wouldn't say it started the competitive scene or esports. I know Shane will probably disagree with me on that or get into that. But because prior to that, you already had... um. Starcraft, which had really taken off as a competitive game. You had Unreal Tournament, Quake 3 Arena, which even made its way to the Dreamcast. And they were celebrated there so that they could play more competitive games and get into more competitive gaming. So to say that this was the birth of esports, maybe that's because the branding was there. But there was a lot of competitive games prior to it that laid that foundation for where we are today. But I will have to say, just because of the impact it made on general culture and because of the the boom that was alternative sports, I'm going to pick Tony Hawk.
1: Uh, yeah, so you know this is going to be a harder decision um, than I than you know perhaps one might think. And, and so you make a lot of good points uh, about Tony Hawk, right? That it had this this level of like cultural ubiquity that I think a lot of games never really achieve uh people were aware of the existence of not only this game but you know the the sport that it was based on largely because of this and and i though it's really hard to say one way or the other if i had to you know throw my hat in the proverbial ring on you know was it the first game or was it this one that really made it blow up in the way that it did I, I would venture a guess and say I think it was this one. Um, much in the same way that I made the argument about you know Diablo versus Diablo 2. Was Diablo the first one? Yes. Was it the first one to do that? Yes. But Diablo 2, and more to the point, Diablo 2 and Lord of Destruction expansion was really what uh, defined action RPGs for like decades to come. And so I think Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 is similar in that way and that i think it was the reason um you know that the the extreme sports genre really took off particularly in in video games and then you know you take a look at counter-strike and though you are correct chris that there were games that were doing the esports thing um prior to counter-strike the thing that cs can really you know claim as its own is specifically competitive first-person shooters in in the esports arena. Um, were there multiplayer deathmatch games before this? Of course, you know you had Doom or Quake or any of those things. Um, but it was really Counter Strike that kicked this off. I mean, Counter Strike was the one that ended up on, you know, ESPN. It was like one of the first, if not the first, competitive first-person shooters to be on a mainstream cable channel right alongside things like the NFL, which is insane, especially at that time. Um, And so Counter-Strike really is responsible for the popularization of competitive first-person shooters in that way. And so it's a really tough one because if you're talking about legacy and defining a genre, Counter-Strike really did define that particular flavor of competitive fps and its legacy is still felt to this day i mean people are still playing counter-strike competitively to this day and without it could have something could something else have come along and done the same thing possibly um but you know it, it is responsible for a lot of that but then you have tony hawk where are people still playing it today? Maybe. I mean, and they do have the remake. So I think perhaps more people are playing that now. Um, did it sort of define its genre? I absolutely think so, because even though there are other things like skate, um, and other games that have attempted to do the same thing that Tony Hawk did, I, I would argue that I don't think any of them did it quite as well. Um, and is the legacy still there? Sure, although I would say that the, the, the series itself has perhaps you know, never quite gotten <laughs> to the heights that Pro Skater 2 achieved. Um, there might be some arguments for 3, I don't know. <sighs> but I think it's that cultural permeation that really tips the scale. I wanted to say Counter-Strike in this category because of how important it was to competitive gaming and that's the argument that I made that kind of got it to where it is today as far as our com- our competition here is concerned. But I-, I just think that that ubiquity that Tony Hawk has just pushes
0: it over the edge just enough.
1: So I think I got to go with Tony Hawk on this one too.
0: All right, so this makes it an easy conversation point for you there, Jeff, so <laughs> kick <laughs> off your choice.
2: Two, uh, you both brought up some really good points. Um, for both of these games the legacy and the whether they define their genre are, are, they both have really strong a really strong case uh, i think I'm, I'm not going to repeat everything you guys said but I, it really has been playing around in my head because i have kind of been thinking okay you know i really need to uh, see what counter-strike uh you know why it was the big deal that it was, why it made it past Pokemon in the in the last round, why it made our top sixteen, and you know when you look online today, why are people, as I said, just like other PC games from that era, why people just have this immense amount of love for it, um, and like always with with this with this tournament and with the ninety eight tournament, there are just some games that because they expand beyond gaming you really look at it and go right this is something that is culturally significant rather than just for gamers and this is where these two end up I think if you were just talking within gaming circles I think Counter-Strike is possibly a slightly greater claim to have a a greater legacy you know when maybe if we did this tournament back in 2008 when Tony Hawk games were still coming out and everyone was still playing the first Counter-Strike. Um, you could say, oh, no, you know, Tony Hawk, bigger legacy, look at the series, look how many they brought out. But when you look at it from a 2021 perspective, it's, okay, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 was was arguably the pinnacle, and they never reached it again. They they released a hell of a lot of games. Um, Shane, like you mentioned, we've had uh, Skate, uh, I think Skate Two has turned into a really good game for people who love properly love skateboarding. You have got Ollie Ollie, the the indie game, but really, there's there's not much. That's, that's a bit harsh. There, there there isn't as much of an option for for people who want to play a skating game, or even wider context when it comes to easy, extreme sports. Do we really see a lot of surfing and? Um, uh, Skydiving games and things like that. Is that uh, maybe you got pilot wings? But I can't think of too many others. You know, um, extreme
0: pilot wings.
2: Extreme, the one with the gunship, <laughs> right? That that was, that that was that was extreme. Um, and this is where maybe Shane, you know, probably lean on you a little bit when it comes to when it comes to Counter Strike and how uh, how big it is within those. Within that scene, within PC gaming, um, do we really see today? When I think of all the online FPS games, and there are tons of them now, are any of them as intense and strategic as Counter Strike? Because in the ones in my head, they're all Call of Duty, they're all respawn, uh, kill streaks, nuclear bombs, all sorts of like gimmicks. Whereas Counter Strike is purely, am I better at this game than you, and I'll prove it with a with a bullet to the back of your head. Is are there any games today that play like Counter Strike? I, I really struggle to think of them. Maybe there is on the PC scene, but I don't know it.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I I will you know in the, in the sake of full transparency, I'll say that I'm not super up on the current competitive FPS scene, uh, given that I'm you know objectively terrible at it, but. I I also kind of struggle to come up with an answer to that question. I think there might be a few, um, but are they as widespread um, or as well-known as Counter-Strike? Definitely not. Um, they probably have their niche audience for sure. Um, but yeah, nowadays, if you're talking about multiplayer first-person shooters, the things that are going to come to mind are Battlefield or Call of Duty or... Something like that. Or even, you know, um Overwatch. Yeah. But, you know, would something like Overwatch really be analogous to Counter-Strike? I I don't think so. I think it's it's actually much closer to, you know, Team Fortress 2 or something exactly. like that. Um so no, no, there really isn't too much that comes immediately to mind that would be comparable.
2: Yeah. And I guess that's where I land on both of them. You know, they're both quite they, they both feel they are quite unique games on their islands, right? There aren't there aren't many branching games that kind of come off. They got lots of influence, uh, which is where you know the legacy kind of comes in. So you know this is a, a long answer, but I'm really trying to go you know give both games that that fair shake. O- overall, I will give it to Tony Hawk um, because of the, the 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 wider influence. But I think it was—it's th- a really close one, really close.
0: Another another sweep, which is. No, interesting. That's a close sweep. It's not like a dominant sweep either. So they could have gone either way. Mm.
2: Right. So
0: there you are. All right. Our last criteria, which I'm going to emphasize this is not our choice for who's advancing in the tournament. It's just head to head. What would we rather play today if we could sit down and play it straight up head to head? Not who's advancing, just what we'd rather play. So Shane, I'll let you kick this one off.
1: All right. Well, uh, as as the dude is a fan of brevity, I will keep this short. Um, do I want to sit down and play Counter-Strike 1.6 right now? Fuck no. <laughs> Not at all. Like, is is the game, you know, important? 100%. Absolutely. Does it have its fan base? Of course. But if I was given Tony Hawk or Counter-Strike and they would plop down on a table in front of me and say, which one do you want to play? Uh, I would without hesitation, pick Tony Hawk because I know I can sit down on a couch and uh, feel like I'm good at skateboarding when I am in fact not. Whereas Counter-Strike will just remind me that I'm terrible at competitive FPS. (laughs) So Tony Hawk, 100%.
2: Also going to keep this short. If I had them both on the table in front of me, I'd look at Tony Hawk, think of the intro, think of the music and go, yep, I want that. I want that shot of endorphins and and nostalgia and uh you know pumping music through my soul that's what i that's what i want so i would i would have to play and i would play even uh, tony hawk too
0: i guess i'm gonna make it a sweep again i would go with tony hawk uh just because i don't want to get my axe waxed you know (laughs) 1.5 seconds into the map loading up. Or 1.6 seconds. Yeah, 1.6 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that but. was terrible. I feel bad. Go <laughs> and you should. I feel bad for not thinking about it. Right? I, I, it just doesn't It doesn't uh, sound very appealing to me, especially because I'm not very good at first-person shooters. I'd want to have a single-player campaign mode where I could learn the controls and the mechanics and how to do things before I went into a map. And I also have to think, if I'm playing 1.6, if I'm playing the 2000 version of this the only version you can play you're playing with people who've been playing this game for you know 15 20 years exactly this is what they do they're just gonna they're gonna mop the floor with me it's kind of like playing pool but then again i can practice pool by myself and uh it's just not very appealing whereas tony hawk pro skater i'm not talking about pocket pool either shane get your head out of the gutter i, I tony hawk pro skater that. and i'm offended <laughs> Liar. That you think i would <laughs> With Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, I have played it and I got done playing it and I had enough fun where I was like, I'm doing something wrong. I need to look it up because I was interested in playing it again. So head to head, I would rather play Tony Hawk just because it is intuitive. It is addictive. And I can see how people have extremely fond memories uh, of playing that game. So, yeah, definitely Tony Hawk. All right. So let's have a very quick break here. And then when we come back, we're going to discuss which one of these games is going to be advancing into the semis.
1: Shane here with a quick message. You know, the one rule Chris and I have always gone by regarding advertisements is this. It has to be something we use and can personally vouch for. If you know me, you know I love coffee. And Bones Coffee Company has been my go-to for home brewing for quite some time now. Their small batch beans come in an impressive variety of flavors, like Mint Invaders from Chocolate Space or Electric Unicorn, which I swear tastes exactly like Fruity Pebbles. And the best part? No added sugar or calories involved, just natural flavors infused right into the beans themselves. Build your own sample pack of five 4-ounce bags to find out which flavors speak to you, or jump in headfirst with full 12-ounce bags. They've even got K-Cups! Step up your homebrew game with Bones Coffee by visiting bit.ly B-I-T slash RHP Bones. That's bitly dot slash R-H-P B-O-N-E-S.
0: Once again, welcome back. We're going to close this show out. We're going to discuss which game's going to be advancing. This is it. This is for all the marbles at least between these two games going on to the semis against maybe a surprising candidate. We already know which one it is, but it'll be it's it's, it's this is going to be a fun tournament. I'm excited to see what happens here. Let's let's make our decisions. So, Jeff Yep. You are the guest here today. Ooh. I will give the option to go first, nice. please. So, like I said, Let you got show us with your knowledge. <laughs> you got the most PC
2: of PC games, and I don't mean politically correct. I mean, if you're a PC gamer, everybody played this, uh, and and you either loved it or hated it. But it's as PC in my mind as you get because it is unbelievably difficult. Uh, you got to get good, and you got to get good fast. And you've got to love that gameplay. And I think uh, you know, Chris, you were saying it doesn't really appeal. And I think it's it's one of those games where if this appealed to you, you would have gone at the time back in two thousand. You would have it would have been on your radar, and you would have gotten Half Life to get the mod. Like you would have made it a priority to get if this was your type of game. And then with Tony Hawk, I think it was already. I think maybe Shane, you said it. This is possibly the most too This is the year two thousand on a disc if you you know in in 400 years time when our ancestors want to know what was the year 2000 like this is going to be one of the things they're going to find in the time capsule this is going to be one of the things that's going to be at school saying this is what everybody played this is what everyone was talking about skateboarding was this this was the music this was the culture this was the what people were were doing it's what geeks were doing anyway with their with their consoles so i think it's it, it really does encapsulate that wonderful year that we thought everything was going to fall out of the sky and and uh, explode and turn against us. So so that, that's why, for me, it sounds like the end of the tournament, almost, the way I'm talking about it. But I think that Tony Hawk, as a total, as a game, it's a lot of fun. It's not perfect, not what not what Metacritic want you to believe. Um, it's not at the same level as the games that are, you know, generally considered at the pinnacle, uh, but it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of soul and Tony Hawk and that era kind of all kind of come together of chicken and the egg, which came, which influenced more and was skateboarding already on the rise. And this was just a great vehicle you know, that's for another, Longer conversation, most likely. Um, But I'm going to have to go for Tony Hawk for this one. So that's where my vote
0: goes. All right. How about you, Shane?
1: Yeah. So um, I I will try to keep it brief because I have a tendency to ramble sometimes. And so here's the thing. I just want to say that I'm proud of (laughs) Counter-Strike for making it this far. I didn't think it would. I think a lot of that probably had to do with me, so I am not going to pat myself on the back. <laughs> but um, I, I, I am I am happy that Counter Strike got recognized. I think in this tournament for what it is and for what it did for gaming, but specifically PC gaming, and and even more specifically competitive PC gaming. Um, if you were you know in that in that realm back then or even now. You know, you know how influential Counter Strike was, um, and so having said that, though it sounds fairly obvious, um, I, I'm gonna just go with Tony Hawk on this one overall, and it's for a lot of the same reasons that you know Jeff has already covered, I, I, and some of the things that I mentioned in some of our previous category discussions. It's just it, it, it's everything that this year, the year two thousand um was about like i remember going to you know music festivals you know in the summer around the early aughts and things like that and they there were you know skateboarding demonstrations and stuff at these places um now was that because of tony hawk am i implying that not necessarily but did it have a hand in popularizing this to the point where you know, they would bring these extreme sports, you know, demos and have people doing, you know, half pipe tricks and stuff at, at you know, concerts and things. Um, I, I absolutely think so. I think it all fed into that. And just the just the mere fact that Tony Hawk, you know, was able to transcend just this like, you know, sort of insular gaming sphere that a lot of us tend to live in, um, is, is important to note. So it's gotta be, it's gotta be Tony Hawk, but Counter-Strike, you did, you did a good job. Um, I think it's, you know, be, be happy with how far you made it. I'm, I'm proud of you.
0: Well, I guess, uh, that makes my vote extremely, you know, easy and I'll just make it a clean sweep and say Tony Hawk. And you know, it's it was hard. I thought it was going to come into this and just completely put Counter-Strike down. But the more and more I talk about it, I, I realize Counter-Strike has an uh, has an important legacy that I definitely overlooked. I, I still think, you know, I still wonder how it made it past Pokemon. But it did because we have, you know, people who played Counter-Strike and, you know, were around Pokemon because who couldn't be at the time? So, yeah, it's it's here. It did a great job, has a great, fantastic legacy but it's Tony Hawk because that, that almost one of those games that embodies the year 2000 and it was critically acclaimed. It it was so hard to escape it. Everyone knew what Tony Hawk was. And that's, that's, that's crazy. It would almost be irresponsible of me to say counter strike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is Tony Hawk the, the best game of 2000? I don't think so. Is it the best game in this tournament? Absolutely not. At least in my opinion, but does it embody 2000 better than any of the games of this tournament? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it, it does certainly more than than Counter-Strike, and that's why I'm picking it to advance on. And it's a good game. It's not like, here's a game that was really big in 2000 and it sucked. No, like, here's a game that was released in 2000, uh, a quality title for the time at least, that everyone really got behind and enjoyed, and, and did so, so much more for... Uh, it's impact or at least, you know, in conjunction with its impact on on culture, not just gaming culture, but culture in general. So, yeah, there it is. Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk wins in a clean sweep. Everybody three nothing. It will advance into the semis. And I think you will be extraordinarily surprised to see what it's going to take on. But that episode hasn't happened yet. So we don't know what we're talking about quite yet. But it's, <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a real fun one. Yeah. <laughs> But before we go, thank you for joining us. Once again, I'm going to briefly plug the fact that for just as little as $1 a month on both the region free gamers and uh, ours retro hangover podcast, Patreon, you could have been listening to this two months before. Again, so grateful you're listening to this now. We deeply appreciate all our listeners. Uh, But if you think that you do appreciate our work, go ahead and head over to our, our Patreon and, you know, contribute that that dollar if you think that we're worth it. If not, completely get it. Enjoy it any way you can. This is going to be free to you. Speaking of that, once again, Jeff, go ahead, plug that sweet, sweet podcast of yours.
2: Oh, thank you very much. I, just going to echo you know uh yourself chris um thank you everyone who who does decide to donate i mean it's it's incredible to think that anybody would financially want to actually uh put any money towards uh to, towards podcasts considering how many there are so for everyone who does you know thank you so much uh thank you again guys for for inviting me and letting me come on and talk about two games that uh really you know do define the year the year 2000 and i hope everyone enjoyed it um like, Chris, uh, like, like this episode, uh, well, like this podcast even, you know, you can find us on all on all the uh, applications and all the platforms you can think of. Um, you can contact us on uh, Instagram, and we have a Discord channel as well. So if uh, if you want get, to uh, get in touch, um, unfortunately, there are probably more ways than we'd like. So uh, so come at us.
0: <laughs> yeah, thank awesome. you. Thank you for joining us, Jeff, man. It's, it's always a pleasure to have you guys on, and I've really enjoyed this tournament uh, just... Being able to have this collaboration and have being on your show and having you guys and ours and yeah, it's fun. Huh? <laughs> it's it's been such a blast and yeah. I'm, I'm so uh, I don't know. I'm I'm humbled. I really appreciate it. You guys are great. All right, Shane, how about you take us out?
1: Oh my god. Okay. Well, uh, as we are wont to do, we'll plug our stuff real quick. But uh, fortunately, it's it's uh, in in the spirit of brevity that we've been talking about we we've consolidated all of our stuff to to one convenient place so if you would like to check out anything having to do with the retro hangover whether it's the patreon our merch store the twitch channel uh youtube or any of our socials or our discord uh, you can just head over to linktree slash retro hangover. That's L I N K T R dot E slash retro hangover and uh, click the button of your choice and you will be shuttled away to your destination. And we would be uh, forever grateful for, for any of those places that you'd like to check out. And uh, real quick, speaking of the Twitch channel, Chris, would you like to talk a little bit about our stream Sundays?
0: Yeah, so you could find that link on the link tree, but if you don't want to do that, just head over to twitch.tv slash retro hangover, and you can find us streaming on Twitch Sunday nights around 9 p.m. Eastern time-ish, where we play games. So hope to see you there. We have a community that is very interesting and says some crazy, wild, and fun stuff, and that's why we love them. So just go ahead, swing by there, and let's have a good time in the chat, and hope to see you there soon. All right. Well... With all of that being said, until next time. Play with your Ali joysticks.